Loyal listeners, hello and welcome to the What You Got podcast where we talk topics A to Z and everything in between. I'm Jordan Palmer joined by the wonderful Charlie Bud, and today <laughs> we're returning to Westeros to soar into the Game of Thrones prequel series House of the Dragon or as we call it Hot D. After 10 weeks of episode drops, HBO has left us on the edge of our seats and we've got some things to dish. As always, spoilers will be coming your way, and this time we're issuing the warning now, so buckle up for that. <laughs> Charlie, I want to you know, kick this off to you, know your overall thoughts on this series. Uh, so with that being said, because there's a lot to discuss today, what you got? Well, Laura, for me, uh, I was pleasantly surprised uh, with House of the Dragon. I think, you know, I, you know I, when this was announced, um, I wasn't like all that not, like terribly excited for it i kind of wrote the entire thing off after the uh, end of the series kind of occurred um you know i i didn't even want to read the the books at the time when the the show had ended because i wasn't sure if uh the series was going to be like complete and it's still not <clears throat> you know a couple of years later we haven't even gotten the next installment um but uh so i wasn't sure i was gonna watch this show when it was announced like it sounded cool for sure but i like you know i i I was still iffy you know still bitter from the end of the uh, (laughs) bitter wow bitter i guess from the end of game of thrones was greatly disappointed uh and it's nothing to do with like you know the overarching like you know i mean i had a lot of issues with that i won't get into it but um you know, after the first two episodes, I think, aired uh, for House of the Dragon, I was just hearing a lot of buzz about it. And I was just like, all right, fine. I'll get into it. Because, like, at, at the very least, it's like, at least this story has been written. Like, this part, like, this story is, is complete, right? Yep. Like, the whole Dance of the Dragons history is uh, is already, like, known. We, you know, you can look up the entire story if you wanted to right now. Uh, but... um. So I started watching it, and you know, I was immediately hooked. I, I, it was, it, it reminded me of like early Game of Thrones. It just kind of recaptured, you know, the things that I liked about the, you know, original series. Um, so much so that I like literally got into the books, and now I'm reading mm. the books. Um, yeah, so there's that, and I want to like consume all of it, and. Uh, it's kind of yeah, like I said, reignited like you know a love for a universe that I used to have from like you know back in like college and high school days. So, <laughs> what did you think? Oh man, it's funny you say that it kind of reignited that passion because, like yourself, I was very hesitant to jump into uh, this particular arc of the history of Game of Thrones. I actually as you know, consumed this over the course of about three days. So I was really just chugging along because I had not seen them until, mm-hmm. I guess, Tuesday. Um, and I finished it on Thursday. And so I was very hesitant going in. I started the first three episodes and I watched it with my dad. And by episode three's end, my dad literally said out loud, like, I'm back in it. Like, <laughs> we're back in it again. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. I think it's probably episode three was my favorite just overall but it captured all the same feels that the early game of thrones seasons had and on top of that i mean it kept it it, it did a good job in my opinion of connecting the future with the past so i could see oh okay that makes sense or that's somebody's ancestor whatever it may be but it also gave me all that like over the top violence which (laughs) you know i love in game of thrones it gave me all the uh you know anybody can die like horribly Um, And it just, it captured my imagination. I've always wondered what it was like for the Targaryens because fortunately for us in Game of Thrones, we got a chance to see kind of what it looked like to live with dragons. And, you know, as Daenerys was making her her ascent to the Iron Throne. But in this, we got to see that like classic, like we we rule the skies. Mm -hmm. We are the house to to try and beat. So I, I absolutely loved that. Nice, nice. So, yeah. like, I, I'm curious, like, you know, so episode three is kind of where, you know, it kind of, like, hooked for you. And I think that's yep. actually a pretty good, like, hook. I think if you can, if you get through episode three and you say, like, okay, like, that's, I think, the point where you either go, I'm, this is the, sh-, like, I will continue watching or I'm just kind of, you know, I'll move on. Um, I think the first two episodes, 
have a lot of um like kind of getting to know the characters yeah it's a setup it's very i mean the whole season i would say is is set up for what is to come and uh you know book readers will definitely know what is to come (laughs) ominous yes ominous indeed um and because I mean, if you, the I mean, like the original books, like spoil a lot of what happens in in the okay. in dance. <laughs> so, um, and uh, so like the first season, I think, is just like is a lot of setup. And I think the first two episodes, like I was hooked after like the first two episodes, I think, because I wanted to watch because okay. like, I remember watching the third one when it came out. I think I had caught up on the first two episodes like two days before the third episode came out. So I was like ready to go, but. Um, I wanted to keep watching after the first two. I mean, um, and, and like, yeah, but I think the third episode, because there's like that big fight at the end oh, of it. Yeah, that was everything. Yeah, yep. yep. And, uh, and like, you know, you're, you'll, that'll get you hooked if you're really into, you know, the sh- like the, the material and all that stuff. But I also just like the drama uh, of, um, like, the things that are kind of building underneath, like, the, uh, the, like, like underneath like this sign of apparent peace right because Viserys mm-hmm. is ruling in a time of uh, peace you know there's not a lot like you know going on I guess you could argue that it's not really because he has to fight like the triarchy and the the, uh, the stepstones um, mm-hmm. but like w- in terms of like the Westerosi content like Westeros like uh, it's it's a time of peace so um, oh, but you can totally you see, see like things are kind of like he makes decisions that you're like, that's gonna probably come back and bite in the ass kind of. Yeah, the fact that Damon didn't secure the stepstones after taking them, I mean, <laughs> you knew that was gonna be a yeah a blunder right there. Mm-hmm. I, I am curious though, uh, kind of what you thought about like the t- t- the time jumps at first. Did you think Dude, okay, they were a little jarring? Were you thrown off by it? Like, how did you feel? It was that was probably one of my like chief complaints initially because. I mean, they would allude to how far ahead they were, but I guess the first episode, it encompasses, A, the crowning of Viserys over old princess, what was her, uh, Rainier, uh, Rainies, yeah, the queen that never yes, was. the queen that never was, and so then you skip ahead, I guess, to, what, 13 years, about? Yeah, I think so, because I believe Rhaenyra and Allison, when we first meet them in the first episode, are supposed to be... Um, 13 years old 14 maybe okay. yep. um so around then i think they're supposed to be and, 13 and then you have the skip from there where they go to 15 you have this another skip i'm pretty sure no, i think there, the, you... the, the episode two is six months after the first then episode three is like almost three years later so it goes six months three years so then like they're supposed to be like 17, 17. yes the okay episode. there you go there you um, go. Yeah. And then they stay at that age for a little while, right? Uh, I don't know how... I don't remember the time jump between the third and fourth episode. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think episode, it's a decent right. amount because Damon comes back to King's Landing in that episode. Uh, uh, and um, after he does mysterious things to... <laughs> You know, Ooh. some mysterious things happen around his wife in the veil. And, <laughs> not so mysterious to us as viewers. Yeah, it's not so mysterious to us as viewers. In the books, it actually just says she fell off her horse and died. Um, but I like how I like the show. The I like how the show plays with like. So if nobody, if nobody is unaware, Fire and Blood is the book that. Um, I just want to plug this in here because I think this is kind of an plug interesting. It. Uh, way that the show does this is fire and blood is what this show is based off of and uh fire and blood is written kind of as fictional history so it's written through the point of view of a maester who is retelling the history of westeros kind of in like current day but is going back and like retelling the you know all the way from the start of you know Aegon the first conquering westeros and all the way up to you know the mad king and um and it kind of like talks about so he is writing kind of like a false, like not a false history, but in, in not a accurate one, because um, he's he's got multiple sources. So there are a lot of times in the book where uh, the the accounts conflict with each other. Like one person says this thing happened, and another person says this happened. But the show, I think, like 
uh, the way that the showrunners are handling it, I think George R. R. Martin said it's supposed to be kind of like an objective view of what happened. So there's like certain like ways that the show plays with the history that is written in Fire and Blood and kind of changes that to like fit the show. For example, when Damon like murders his wife off screen, but like it's heavily, heavily implied that he like murders her um in the in the fire and blood book it just says that she fell off her horse and died in the show we see damon kind of showing up there she's riding her <laughs> horse he like does something to the horse that like gets scared the, then she falls off her horse and he picks up a rock and like it's implied that he's gonna go and kill her and then like but it cuts it cuts you don't actually see it Yo. so um it's just like it's just fun that the show does that and there's so many other instances but i just wanted to put that in there no, nah, appreciate the plug. Appreciate the plug. <laughs> you mentioned Damon too, and some of the other characters. So I just got to know who was your favorite character during the season. Um, hmm. I think there's a couple I'd probably point to. I feel like they're gonna say a character I absolutely hate, but continue. I mean, I definitely like Damon, not because I think he's a likable person, just because I think he is interesting. I think mm-hmm. he is the embodiment of like, you know chaos essentially he's very chaotic he's like you know very uh impulsive violent um and i think the way that matt smith plays him is excellent like so charismatic um i think he really stole the first half of the season i feel like damon kind of fell into the back towards the end of season one and um but he's still like you know matt smith is just excellent at him um i thought fair saris was great especially the the way that his character uh is built throughout uh the first season i like the way that they wrote viserys very different from how he's written in fire and blood but i think george r R. martin said that he loved uh what they did with viserys and he kind of wants to go back and rewrite his character because he's just like he thought the way that they did in house of the dragon was so much better uh and um uh yeah i mean i think i there's not really a character i didn't like i mean except i mean like outside of like characters you're meant to hate but uh like Kristen cole like oh okay that guy sucks um that dude does suck man (laughs) (laughs) um but uh who'd you like who are your some of your favorite characters I got one favorite. Yeah. And that's Damon. Damon. <laughs> For all the reasons you just outlined. Like, he's <laughs> super chaotic, but I love that. I love that I have no idea what's going through his mind. Yeah. And at any second, he could just pop off and, like, kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And the question that kind of kept coming back to my mind as I watched the series, because there there's an evolution in his character. Mm-hmm. And so this is highly specific, but... When thinking about his relationship with Rhaenyra, obviously we see them when she's young, mm-hmm. and then we see them when she's more of a woman... Uh, actually, it is a woman. <laughs> um, do you think that, and this is no spoiler because we already threw up the warning, they get married. Do you think he actually loves her? Or do you think that it's just kind of out of convenience for him? Because it seems like, to me at least, she loves him. But I don't know if I think her. Rhaenyra loves Damon. I always kind of thought that Damon saw it as a way for him to grab power. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, yep. I think there is like some type of maybe affection um, from him in some ways, but not like, I don't know. It's kind of hard. I definitely think he leans more towards this is a way for him to gain like power because when he's, when, like, cause I, I mean, he loves her like, you know, it's his niece at the end of the day. And like he <laughs> loves, her. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you know. Can't yeah, you can't have you can't have Game of Thrones without incest? It's just impossible. You're right. You're right. Um, but <laughs> so dumb. Um, but like, cause this <laughs> is it's such a crazy thing to say. It's his niece at the <laughs> no, end of the day. Um, so like, I think he's definitely devout to his family, even like despite like you know Viserys kind of you know undermining him and like not naming him his heir anymore. Um. I think like Damon still cares very much for Viserys and like you can kind of see that when you know Viserys is on his deathbed towards the end of season one like Damon kind of can't bear to look at him can't bear to face him and all that stuff like Rhaenyra is the one who ends up like talking to him and all that stuff at at the end uh, because Damon can't do it and like and he also like picks up Viserys's crown 
when like he's walking into the hall uh, to defend Rhaenyra. And um, I think Damon also is somebody who cares for Rhaenyra. Like he beheads uh, Vaymond in um, episode uh, nine, I think, or eight, uh, uh, when like you know he calls her sons bastards and like yeah. there's actually a really subtle moment you have to like really look for it but Damon looks at Rhaenyra and she gives him a little nod and that's when he'll go off and uh he slices his head off. he straight like Will Smith did not hear, bro. <laughs> it was crazy yeah like he can keep his tongue like, just... <laughs> yeah, crazy oh my gosh um dang man but like, and then there's there's even a moment when uh, at the very end, when Otto Hightower comes uh, to Dragonstone uh, to you know t- give you know peace terms to Rhaenyra, Damon looks at her again to like see if he can get the approval from Rhaenyra to like let me kill this leech, right? Yeah. Like let me kill him. Uh, and and like, Otto Hightower, sorry, is the hand. He's of the hand the king, of the right? king. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so he, but like, so Damon looks to Rhaenyra and he, and she nods, no, don't do it. Mm. And then he's, he's done. So like, he has a sense of loyalty to her and he has like a sense of like caring. But at the same time, I think he knew that that was the best path to the throne. Uh, I know like his antics in like episode four, for example, um, when, which is like basically uh, the time where he takes her out to the, uh, to the, the pleasure houses. And, um, and uh, I think he was doing that with the intent to kind of, cause he, I think he was trying to see if Rhaenyra was like, I don't know. He, he, I think that was him making a play rather than him being actually like interested and, but I, he still I is like loyal. The fact that he took off their hats or whatever, revealing their white hair. I mean, everybody yeah. knows what uh, he did. He did it on purpose. Like. That was like totally no, on purpose. 100%. Like he wanted yeah, people yeah. to spread that rumor because then he could then use that as leverage against Viserys to make it a reality. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then actually following that, when Viserys confronts him, yeah, I think you see his actual intention because he says, "Just give her to me as a." as a wife like mm-hmm. you know i'll take her as she is mm-hmm. and Viserys even says now i know it's, you don't have affection for her you're just trying to take my cr- like my my crown and my throne so mm-hmm. yeah that was some interesting character development there <laughs> yeah absolutely um so excited to see what he'll do i mean i already yep. know one or two things that he does okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i won't i won't say what you know but Appreciate uh it. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, oh boy. boy. <laughs> oh boy, does he do stuff. <laughs> stuff is coming out of white people. Um, here. Blood and oh, cheese. Man. Blood and cheese. Blood and cheese. Okay. Um, I was going to say, though, you made mention of the fact that, you know, we talked about the succession and you said that he was trying to kind of leapfrog Rhaenyra. And so in thinking about really how this series kind of starts, it's about the, the transition of power. So Viserys gets the go-ahead and he becomes king. And he's really pushing for this son. And his wife has tried, as we hear a number of times, to conceive a boy or just conceive a child after uh, Rhaenyra. And has failed and tells him, I'm done. No more babies coming out of this if this kid does not come out. And she's pregnant. And so he's approached by the macer while she's in labor and says, and it's, it's a very complicated um, mm-hmm. childbirth. And so it's a breach. And they say that basically they can save the mother or they can save the baby. And it's on the king to make that decision. And he goes for the baby. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately they cut her, cut, cut, the, cut him, the baby out of the, the mother. Mother dies. And ultimately the child dies. And you, you get, I mean, give it to the actor for Viserys, that sense of, sadness and that sense of guilt and so following his wife's death uh he does makes the unpopular choice of naming Rhaenyra as the person to succeed him and I guess my question for you is do you think that was a testament for how much he believed in his daughter or do you think it was the guilt that pushed him to support Rhaenyra's claim to the throne um yeah, I actually think that's like a big, big moment in Viserys's arc, and I think that is like part of the reason why he um, puts Rhaenyra up uh, to be the heir to the throne, and why he doesn't revoke it the entire time because it's like in debt, like it's kind of like you know his last uh, 
like uh, you know act of like love i think that he has towards emma or to at least honor her memories the like you know the one child that he has with her um is going to be the one that succeeds him regardless of whether or not he has you know more sons uh in the show he has well we know he has there's three kids that we see but they actually have four that we don't see um Whoa, yeah what? so the fourth kid is in uh old town he's being he's in he's in he's at the with the high towers uh, i think his name is um oh that makes sense daron or something i think yeah, is his name. old darren <laughs> <laughs> yeah daron i think um De-ron. uh they just then the reason that he's not in the first scene is first season is because they just didn't have time to get to his character uh, which sense. is fine but his character is supposed to be in old town during the uh, early years of his development but uh so that he exists but we only see um the three of them uh oh, okay um and like so even though he's got three sons and you know but he still like never, you know, gives up uh, Rhaenyra's claim to the throne, despite it being like twenty, thirty years, uh, you know, that go by, and like he doesn't change that. Um, and yeah, I think it's all in service of Emma, his, you know, his first wife, because like I think that's kind of like what is the heart and soul of Viserys's actions throughout the show. It is that regret that he has when you know making that decision about you know sacrificing emma for you know kind of like a vain way because you know he saw it in the flames that he'd have a son and all that stuff and like he thought that that was like destiny and i think uh that you know he felt tremendous guilt over that but what do you you think about Uh, Mm, no i uh i would agree and there are some tender moments between him and rainier that kind of i think suggest that mm -hmm. the first time when he basically tells her he's going to name her heir when they're looking at the skull of the dragon he's like you have to pay attention to this because this is important and Mm -hmm. that came on the heels of the death of her mother and then just constantly throughout i think once he made that decision i mean he gets approached a number of times uh, about you know the legitimacy of her claim and he says no it's it is what it is even when um you know just before damon cuts off man's head he said this has all been established we know what the succession is yeah basically rainier is going to be the queen and then her kids are going to be the or the overseers of the what is the volantis mm-hmm. kind of estate so yeah there's like an interesting <laughs> line too about from uh uh, Coralus, the sea snake. Yes, I know what you're gonna say. Like he's like say. you know, history doesn't remember blood; it remembers names. Yes, I was gonna ask what you thought of that because that was that's a bold thing to say. That was a very bold thing to say, and like, but he's also true. It's also tr- absolutely true. Like when you think about like the old like you know families of like medieval France and medieval England, um, you know, you don't question right, like unless the there's like historians out there who maybe question it, like you know, offsprings of like certain kings, lords, or whoever, or whomever. But like you, as just kind of like a bygone, or like you know, but like it, the, you're not questioning it, right? Like for all you know, it is just like some bastard who you know ascended the throne of England during like the 1500s, and we just don't know the wiser because his name is still whatever from whatever mm-hmm. like line. And um, I I think it's. I think it's a great line, and I think it's very true. I agree. But in principle, <laughs> dude, I guess in this principle, all takes place yeah. after, <laughs> after the time skip in which everybody is an adult, more or less. So mm-hmm. Alicent and Rainier are adults, and they're really kind of coming into their own with their own families. And so at this point in time, Corollas' son, what is it, Lenor, is married to Rhaenyra. And Lenor is gay, and so he has his lover... Rhaenyra has her lover who also happens to be part of like her private guard. And so everybody knows, mind you, I just got to say I had a problem with this because my man Lenor was like half black, half white. Those kids came out white <laughs> as the unplowed snow. <laughs> and I was like, brother, you got to get Mori Povich in here because those are not your kids. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> oh, that is true. Uh, I mean, like I will say genetics in Game of Thrones don't always like make sense. So I just kind of <laughs> nice. said like, I think there's the only thing that is... Um, like consistent is hair color like hair color is like a sign <laughs> no. of like the genetics so i think when they're saying that they just mean they don't have like white hair like the target because yeah, like cause... both she and uh yep. um wow i can't remember lanor um yeah. have you know the white targaryen or valerian 
uh, blood okay. kind of hair. There you go. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So. Oh man. So yeah, I had I had a that was like that's in large part why I was I couldn't get on Rainier's team. I just could not. I couldn't oh yeah. Board. Okay. I was gonna ask like whose side are you on, bro? Is it possible to hate both sides? I mean, because yes, I, it is definitely possible. I mean, there's like none of these people are like paragons, right? Like they're both kind of terrible, terrible in their own way, right? Like, and I, mm-hmm. I think that's what's fun about it is just because everyone is like not fully evil, not fully good, um, and you kind of have to determine for yourself whose side you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I will say though, I think the high towers really. I think they really kind of pushed them off to be like really villainous in a way. Oh, they suck, bro. They <laughs> suck <laughs> so much. They very, very much do. I mean, like, um, it, it, like Otto is clearly, you know, very like he's like Tywin Lannister in a way to me. Absolutely. You know, very cunning, very like calculated. Um, you know, plays the game of politics, the Game of Thrones, really well. Yes. Um, and like you know, he was there ready to just. I'm like, oh, we're going to assassinate her entire family. <laughs> like, Jesus, he said, make it you know painless and quick. I was like, yeah. what? And also, they'd already talked about. Yeah, they it talked as, about like, it. The inner circle also made him such a snake. Mm-hmm. On top of that, they'd approached. He, I'm pretty sure he had a pre-plan. He knew Basiris's wife had. There was a possibility that she wasn't going to mm-hmm. make it because of the childbirths. And then he sends his 15-year-old daughter to comfort the king. And he says, wear it like one of your mother's dresses. Yeah. I said, you sicko. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to. My dad's like, oh, he going to get it. He's going to get it. I know. I like, like, I hope I, so. He, he, he is not a good person. He's like, nope. he, he uses his family, his own daughter, to, you know, make calculated political moves. And, um, and like... <laughs> He's all you know. He advocates for assassinating children. Like the guy yeah. was kind of a. He, I mean, he is still a uh, not uh not a good guy. An a hole. And will. like, yeah, he he's played off to be like such a huge like like asshole. Like, I mean, I think the yeah. high towers are. I think they really wrote them to be like very very villainous. Um, I literally felt bad for Alicent for a time, mm-hmm. and then she full on. It was really with the time skip solidified herself as just on the top of my hatred list. Like, I do not like that chick. And here's the kicker for me. As we talked about, it was set in stone, reiterated multiple times in front of many witnesses by Viserys that it would be Rhaenyra who ascended to the throne at the time of his death. Mind you, I have a problem with the fact that he didn't just abdicate because my man had like half a face and was clearly not in a state to be running any kind of kingdom. But... That's neither here nor there. Mm. She wants to, in the fourth quarter, with a single second left, say, oh, now I'm going to get a spine and act like a queen and listen to my husband. And, oh, he says my kid should be the king. Which is not what he said, by the way. No, no, it was not. (laughs) I said, you are really reading this the wrong way. And And then, yeah. Oh, go for it. I was going to say, I was going to say, do you think, like, she genuinely misunderstood him? Or do you think she just, like heard the name Aegon and was just like ran with that and said you know what Aegon's the king he just said it that's what he is like do you yep. think she made that like up to kind of like justify overthrowing his like last will and testament or do you think she had like a genuine misunderstanding I think she was basically she I think she's she if there was the slightest possibility that she messed that up then she she realized it probably when what's the dude's name Chris Kristen murdered somebody mm-hmm. in like the inner in the council mm-hmm. and she was like oh, well there's no going back this one I gotta <laughs> double down and just kind of go with it and yeah. so she did and mm-hmm. she sucks for that yeah I actually think she intentionally misheard like like intentionally like twisted what he was like what Viserys was saying and just ran with it oh. and then like yep. when and then like to her like she was shocked to hear that like her uh her own counsel was already being like, doesn't matter what you were going to say, honestly. We were going to just fuck it all up anyway. We were going to throw them out. We were going to, we were planning to kill them. Like, we were going in. <laughs> yep. Dude, it was crazy. And she's like, wait, you've all been planning this? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Of, yeah. of course. Of course we have. <laughs> We've oh been gosh, trying to commit sucks. treason. A hundred percent. And it's just amazing to me because. 
throughout the like they're trying to make sure everything from the outside stays on the up and up like you know succession needs to go like this and that and we all need to listen to Viserys and all of a sudden only she's around to hear and also they were planning it before anyway and then they're like okay this is law I just I don't think they cared whether or not Allison said that you know he changed at the end of the day because they were already going to do this anyway like yep. i saw some people kind of criticizing that they, they think it's kind of weird that this whole conflict kind of kicks off because of like a couple of like mistakes but to me yeah. it just seemed like the high towers were gonna do this anyway like they were at least going to overthrow rhaenyra anyway um, regardless yeah, of whether or not allison came back and said viserys changed his mind about the that uh, you know the succession um and, and they don't even technically need allison because she's not the you know the acting queen so they could have just like not say killed her but like she could have gone to some island and then just had Aegon, yeah her son you know mm-hmm. come and take the throne yeah so and i want to talk to you a little bit about old Aegon here because Aegon. he's also on my hatred list he's yeah. very high up there okay is he married to his sister yes is that mm-hmm. oh geez what is this targaryen like here's my problem with that couldn't you have consolidated power by having a marriage pact between him and another family so that way you could, you know, get more resources and everything? Why would you marry your sister? I mean, that's uh, shivers. Um, but, like, you get nothing out because of that. Because the way sense. that the Targaryens justify this is because, A, uh, they're basically, like, you know, uh, pure-blooded, I think really? they're gods, like, you know, put it, let's put it this way. Targaryens basically are just Nazis in West, Westeros, in the world of oh. Westeros. Like, they're basically just, like, these pure-blooded, we think we're better than everybody, they have superiority complexes, and they think they're closer to God. So then, like, the average human. And they also have power of the, dra- like, dragons, right? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> they basically are just terrible people. And if you read the history of Valeria, like, the land that they come from and stuff, like... Mm-hmm. Oh boy, <laughs> they did yeah. some stuff. Um, Ooh, more stuff. Yeah, Golly. and like so, they're they're kind of, and like I think to them, if they uh, so they see all the all the other houses as kind of inferior to them. Secondly, their dragons are why they're powerful. So like they're like a, they're like nuclear weapons, and like um, if they have. If they go outside the Targaryen tree, they're giving the power of nukes, essentially, to other houses. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Which raises another question, because as things progress, one of uh, Viserys and Alicent's sons, I guess their second oldest, whose name escapes me, but I call him Eyepatch Boy. Largely because oh, he got into a little. You said Enron. Amond. Amond. Okay. Well, Amond approaches the deceased wife of Damon's dragon. I yes. guess he, you know, calms him, the or her the dragon, and then proceeds to ride. You know better than I, but essentially, if you mount the dragon and are successful following the death of its rider, or if it doesn't have a rider, that becomes your dragon. Yeah, basically, like. Uh, the 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 kind of how the dragons bond to a rider is very um, uh, like left in the air of kind of like speculation. But essentially, you know, if you ride a dragon that doesn't have like a rider or whatever, it's you kind of like bond to it and it's yours in a way. Like so, when he when Amon rides Vagar, he 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 steals the dragon. He steals the biggest freaking nuclear weapon in the world from uh, one of the sides which obviously will set off tensions right because like that was damon's uh you know now deceased wife's dragon and at their at her funeral this kid sneaks out in the middle of the night (laughs) and steals the dragon i mean give it to amon man he is a calculated cold-blooded person because he's playing chess they're playing checkers because like people teased him right like his youth he was teased he didn't have a dragon like every all the other kids had a dragon and he didn't because he didn't have an egg hatch oh i was gonna ask how that happened i was like you're telling me those two little mofos from um rainiera and you know lover boy number one yeah i know allison was also surprised like i'm surprised the dragons even hatched for them 
I mean, like, at the end of the day, there's still like the Targaryen blood in them, right? Like, it's not just like. I suppose. I mean, like, because Rhaenyra is the daughter of uh, Emma Arryn, who is the cousin of Viserys. Oh, no, of Viserys. Oh, John Arryn. The be a far, far <laughs> descendant. Uh, um, yeah. Um, who's the cousin of Viserys? And uh, so they're cousins, but like you know, she yeah. still has you know Targaryen blood in her. So like Rhaenyra is pretty, you know, like Targaryen. Like I guess you know has that Targaryen blood in her. Okay, yeah. I'm just like, bro, how do they not have three eyes at this generation? Like, come on, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I know, there was actually a meme game. where somebody like posted like tar- like incest in Game of Thrones, and it's just like like a super attractive looking person and then it's like incest in real life and it's a very ugly <laughs> human being. Yo, oh my gosh, dude. I like that's pretty accurate, accurate. But accurate. Oh man. Okay, so I appreciate that clarification because he steals the dragon, it mm. be- the largest dragon in the world becomes his and then he goes and has this like superiority complex over everybody, mm-hmm. gets into a fight with Rhaenyra's kids and with Damon's daughters. And he loses an eye. Yeah. And that's how he becomes one eye boy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then they have the time skip and they all get older and he somehow becomes like super proficient at everything and is like awesome. Yeah, because and... he's like when he gets that dragon, like I mean, you just you have basically become the master of the most powerful weapon in the world, right? Like Vagar mm-hmm. is the most the biggest, largest dra- like the biggest, most powerful dragon. See, one of the only dragons to remain that had fought in a war because it was True. I think it was uh written by one of the uh Aegon sisters, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong about that. Um okay. but like basically it was a Vagar was a uh you know a dragon of old war and all that stuff. You know she's a she's a grandma for sure. Uh, Vagar is mm, yeah. she she's been around um, and um, she like so yeah. So he obviously gets very very arrogant and also like you know his siblings paid him no mind. They teased him all the time and now he feels like he's better than them. Not to mention Aegon's a drunk. <laughs> yeah, Aegon is a, a drunk person. He's a terrible human being who you know like you know rapes people and. You know, has yep. so many bastard children and like uh, watches children fight each other yeah. after they've had their teeth filed to points. Like, what the freak? Yeah, no, he's he's not a good person. And like, there's even that scene where those two twins who are the King's Guard kind of, uh, you know, have a dispute over whether or not Aegon is suitable to be the next king. Um, yep. So <clears throat> uh, then, um, and then Helena is. Um, She's interesting. <laughs> who, who is Helena's their sister? Yeah, that, that is her uh, name. I'm trying to look. Like, there's so many people. The inbreeding, the inbreeding started to hit yeah. him. The inbreeding started Helena. to hit him on that one. <laughs> Helena. That she can <laughs> see the future. Like she says in the episode before, Eamon loses his eye. He's like, I want to ride a dragon. He's like, and then she says, you'll have to lose an eye. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, there's a scene in episode, I believe, that's five. Whatever episode Golly. the funeral's in, um, there's a scene in episode five. Like, Helene, like, uh, Amon is talking to Alicent, and Helena's just there playing with her bugs. And um, she, or he, like, says something. He's like, it's just because I don't have a dragon. He's like, I want to, like, he says something about, like, wanting to ride a dragon. And Helena just says under her breath, but you'll have to lose an eye. Oh, so we need to keep her close, huh? Yeah, and then she also says, "Beware the beast beneath the boards." Uh, Is that what Damon slid down to? Uh, some people are saying it's a certain event that will likely, I think, happens in season two. Um, so some people are thinking it's the blood and cheese event that happens in season okay. two. Others think it's uh, when um, Rainy bursts from the dragon pit floor, which doesn't mm. happen in the books. I will say, that does not happen. Um, <laughs> I have a I have a problem with that scene as a whole. I do have a problem because... with that. I think a lot of people have some problems with that scene, but there could be some easily justifiable things for it. But what 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 are your what are your issues with it? 
Okay, for those of you who need some context, basically Princess Rhaenys, who was the one who was passed over so that Viserys, Rhaenyra's father, can become king, mm-hmm. so the like almost queen, she is basically held under house arrest and told that she has to align with Aegon to support his claim to the throne over Rhaenyra, or she's basically stuck there. And she's ushered out, she escapes, and while they're having this coronation for Aegon, she slips in with everybody to the dragon pit, goes downstairs, and then emerges with her big A dragon, killing countless people. Yeah. I guess she just didn't care. Doesn't so care. So she kills all these all these innocent people. Her dragon's right in front of all the jokers we need to just take out smooth. And what does she do? She has the dragon roar, and she flies off. And then she justifies it later. It wasn't me, like my... It wasn't my war to fight or whatever or something. I said, do you know how many more people are going to die because you didn't just say Dracarys and kill all them jokers? (laughs) I said, I... I, At the same time, though, I can totally understand why she didn't because she doesn't know that war is about to break out, right? We have the power of hindsight, right? We have the power of hindsight. (sighs) We have the ability to see that, like, yes, she probably could have prevented a war. Uh, But... You know, at the same time, she doesn't want to be remembered as a kinslayer, right? I don't even count him as a king. <laughs> no, kin. What? K-I-N. Oh, kinslayer. She doesn't eh, want to kill people. Come on her now, they'd be killing everybody. No, they but like kinslayers are a grave crime in this world. Like you know, killing like your kin is kind of really frowned upon. Which is funny because there's a certain character who literally does that in um. At the season finale. I mean, bruh, literally the hound killed the... Not in the books. The, <laughs> in the, he didn't kill the mountain in the books? Dude, the mountain's dead in the books. Oberyn what? kills him. What? You know how at the end of that fight, Oberyn poisons him? In the yes. book, in the show, they just have him be revived as like a zombie. But in the books, he's just dead. <laughs> oh, now I got a problem with Game of Thrones. Oh my god! However, there wow. is actually a character I haven't gotten to this part in Dan- in the books yet, but there is apparently a character that like comes back, not comes back, but is introduced into the King's Guard. That uh, whoever Cersei's hand is, the the weird alchemist chemist. Okay, yeah, 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 he brings okay. some guy that like is some is like has some name who doesn't talk doesn't say anything and never takes off his helmet so like i think they played that as uh the mountain in zombie form because they kind of have that character but who's to say golly wow (laughs) wow 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 (laughs) but you alluded to kin killing yeah in the final episode Mm -hmm. You and I both know what it is. Do you want to outline it for the people? What happened? Yeah, so, um, Aemond, or is, so Luke, uh, uh, Rhaenyra's son, who, um, I guess we didn't talk about how, we did briefly mention it, but Rhaenyra and Laenor never had kids, even though they were married, yep. and, uh, Rhaenyra had two or three bastards with, believe um, Harwin Strong. Uh, who is the uh, commander of the King's Guard, or not the King's Guard, of the City Watch. Um, And so, anyways, Harwin dies in the show along with his father. Um, And so Rhaenyra has got, you know, Luke, uh, Jace, and Joffrey. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And she sends, like, Jace and Joffrey, or Luke, uh, to go off to gather allies because towards the end of the season, you know, high towers have basically taken control of King's Landing. They, you know, they basically had this entire plan to like when Viserys dies, they were in motion, taking power and immediately coronating Aegon to be king and like gathering a ton of people in the dragon pits to see it and putting the Conqueror's crown on his helm or on his head and giving him like the sword of Aegon the Conqueror and all that stuff. So uh, when they learn of this, you know, Rhaenyra is trying to gather up military power because, you know, she needs to have a show of force to secure and protect her claim to the throne. There's division amongst people within the own Kingsguard. And um, so she sends Luke and Jace off to Winterfell 
and Storm's End, which is, you know, the Baratheon's land. Yeah. And, uh, so Luke goes to Storm's End. And when he gets there, he sees Vagar parked outside. <laughs> which, bruh, 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 bruh. But yes, continue. If I saw that, I would have been like, nope. And I would have just got right back <laughs> on the track. Go home, and but I gotta get up I, gotta, I, gotta, I was like, sorry, mother, it is lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's lost. Vagar was there. And um, obviously not great because if everyone remembers, uh, Luke is the one who cut out Aemon's eye. He was the one who did that. And uh, so when he goes in there, he sees Amond already there into in the chambers. And he Ooh, like, and like, you know, obviously uh, the Baratheon Lord is being respectful, doesn't want fighting to happen. He's here on like peace terms and all that stuff. But Amond obviously holds a grudge because Luke is now not only the enemy in this sense to him, but also because he hates Luke for cutting out his eye. <laughs> Um, yeah. and like, you know, that resentment is there and he also just doesn't like them because there's so many moments because both Allison and Rhaenyra basically train their kids to kind of hate each other. Um, that's yes, kind of like the whole sucks. point of their training. They, they have like, even at that nice dinner scene, right? When Viserys leaves, you know, Aemon makes a speech and like mocks their heritage, like their, you know, family. Um, and so, Luke is not up for it, obviously. He just wants to leave. He just wants to get out of there. The moment that Eamon is starting to be threatening and all that stuff. So he, you know, he books it. He books it. Gets on his little dragon. Poor little the guy. smallest of the small. It's still growing. It was like a teenager. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Nope. Because <laughs> yes. it hatched when he was born. Right. So. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Vagar, meanwhile, is like hundreds of years old. Um, yep. And so he, like, flies... And Amond is there. Beautiful cinematography during this scene. We're like, and like, um, Amond is there, and he's like, his goal wasn't to kill Luke. He's mostly to tear, like, you know, show a force, basically, just being like, look at how powerful I am. Look at you know my big dragon. Look at <laughs> me, and I'm gonna just play with you for a little bit because you know. I'm a sadistic person, I suppose. Yes. Um, and uh, basically what happens is he loses control. They both lose control of their dragons. Uh, I forget the name of Luke's dragon. Control of their dragons. But it blows a little blows. fireball, a weasley little fireball, level one. Couldn't yep. <laughs> had no damage on Vagar. <laughs> no, at all, at all. And, uh, oh, wait, hold up. In that moment, though, did... Um... I want I, I boy like I boy did he start losing control a little bit? Yeah, he did. So you can hear that like Luke was losing control when the when you know his dragon did a you know level one fireball at Vagar, but then Vagar obviously just start got pissed off and so it chased <laughs> it down and you hear Amon screaming like no Vagar no obey me obey me, and then Vagar does like an absolute snap snaps the dragon and Luke in half. Yep. Absolutely, and like you can see on his face, he's just like, "Fuck!" Oh, <laughs> you know, like, "Oh crap!" Oh <laughs> no, 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 no! Mom's gonna kill me. <laughs> like there was like that meme of um that SpongeBob meme where like after that uh, season finale aired, people were like, "When Damon's returning home to tell his mother what happened," and like it's just like that fish that goes, "You." What? <laughs> From SpongeBob. <laughs> this all I gotta pull it up because yeah, pull it up, pull it up. Um, but dude, okay, explain this to me. And this is what I I thought this the second I watched the film, like the film, the episode. So you're telling me, in a torrential downpour, the cat with one eye is able to keep up with this boy on this little dragon? What? Well, what? yeah, no, there's no there's no depth him? perception when you have one eye. Um, yes! But this guy's also facing off against, like, Kristen Cole with his, like, flail, his morning star, which I guess is a okay. flail in Westeros. It's not yeah, what a morning yeah, star yeah. is, but we'll roll with it. <laughs> Let's play. Let's play. Um, and uh, he... <laughs> this picture, bro. <laughs> a morning star. I just love how, like, George R. R. Martin <laughs> just calls that a morning star when it's just a freaking flail. Like, come on, man. He also calls his, like, uh, long swords just, like, classic broadsword. So, like, that's not a long... Like, he says classic broadsword? Like, 
in the books he says like swords are like long swords but it's just a classic you know broadsword like one-handed sword a long sword's like uh, the two-handed but, yeah you anyways uh, a morning star <laughs> i mean i guess a morning yeah so a morning star is not a flail but like in the book or in the show they call it a flail whatever doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah he faces off against Christian Cole's Morning Star which is what he's like known for um okay. and like he's one of the best fighters in the in the kingdom uh and he's really really known for using a Morning Star like he's that's his that's his best weapon um okay so you know he's facing off but yeah i yeah one eyed person doesn't have depth perception but we'll let that yeah. slide it's a fantasy right. well, it's yeah yeah fantasy. It's fantasy although what was in his other eye socket cuz it looked like they put something in there a sapphire. So he has a sapphire eye uh, under. Ooh, you know, that's tough. Yeah. Can't feel good in your like empty eye socket. But I mean, right. does it? Like I don't know. <laughs> it just seems. I don't imagine it does. I don't think it. I mean, it doesn't look. You know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh man, but no, that scene was crazy, and I think that was one of my favorite moments came following that when Damon does go to Rhaenyra, and there's no words exchanged. It's just, you see, they're already planning out the battle. He very casually walks up, pulls her aside, you know, says something like, we can't hear. And she turns around ready to rock. I know. So I'm ready to commit war crimes, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, end of season yeah. one. So, um, I did find it funny, though, that when, like, didn't, like, Damon was clearly prepared for war the moment the High Towers took power. He was, like, racking yep. up. was like, we have Melis, we have, you know, Seraxes and, like, all these dragons, yeah. like, by my count. That's Dude. 10 to 3. And he's just like, we got, <laughs> we got the whoever, 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 and. He's just like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm itching to fight, baby. <laughs> Bro, he also said we can take, like, we, this can be done before, like, the moon yeah, is we, full up. And we, we can like, attack what? them now with our dragons and we can burn King's Landing to the ground. <laughs> I was like, let's play. Let's go. That's why Damon's my boy, man. Golly. Yeah, dude, that guy, that guy was ready for it because, like, he knows yes. that he's king. Like, if, yep. if Rhaenyra is queen, he's king regent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like, so for to him, like, he's supporting Rhaenyra because he knows that this is how he's going to be the most powerful person in the, in the kingdom. Um, I love it. Yeah. So, like, Damn that's man. why he, like, swears fealty and he, like, he brings out Seraxes to, like, if you say you're not with us, I'm going to burn you alive. <laughs> yep. And if you switch up, you will scream and then die. I was like, ooh, mm -hmm. ooh. My man's not playing. He is not playing. Oh man, what you think of that uh, season season finale? I am just you know I'm ready because, uh, you know I thought it was uh, the first season really plays down like a family drama like you know it's just mm -hmm. kind of like the inner workings and the political scheming between like two sides of a family, um, kind of yeah. vying for power and like this whole succession thing and there's a lot of, you know kind of like commentary towards you know like monarchies in general because usually people who never want to be in like king end up being king and all that stuff and yeah. and also like patriarchal systems and like that um i think is very evident between the conflict that uh allison has and the, with uh rainiera like the conflict that they have between each other i think you know rainiera is somebody from allison's point of view as somebody who always breaks the rules and just like doesn't care and allison is somebody who obediently follows them and i think that is also highlighted in the fact that allison is very religious in the light of the seven um yeah. is like the high towers live in old town which is where uh the high tower of like the maester citadel is uh and mm. it's also you know the light of the seven it's a very religiously close family and also they're very close to the maesters there's like a bunch of theories about like the grand maester conspiracy um Ooh. so yeah yeah and like uh, Rhaenyra and also the Targaryens in general don't really give a like two craps about uh, the religious aspect. You know, you never really <laughs> yeah, see yeah. them ever do anything like that. Like you, they don't talk about religion; they only care they, because they see themselves as gods. I think. And even Rhaenyra even made the like mention like Targaryens are close to gods, and being on the throne takes us a little bit closer to that. I was like, whoa, easy girl. Yeah. No, no, oh, they man. see them. They're like superiority, like complex, like you know, that's that's it, that's what they are. At the end of the day, it reminds me of Cersei, like when I think it was season four when they started having 
the I think it was the like the Citadel, the Seven or whatever, like their their religious system. Yeah, and she got in really good with their like head priest guy. And oh, you, that was like season that six. Did. Yeah. Oh, was it? Damn. I think Damn, even season but... five because I think that happens in the end of Dance of the Dragons. Um, okay. So, uh, but obviously season six kind of takes it further and all that stuff with like the high sparrow that character right okay the high sparrow that's the dude's name yeah, yep yeah. yep mm-hmm. knew what i was getting at i knew what you were Dang. getting at so I who do you think i mean you know already i don't know everything about what happens in this okay uh, conflict um so i mean i know like a couple of events here and there and i also know like how people remembered certain characters dying but we'll see if that ends up actually being mm-hmm. true Okay, I wait that. I wait that. Uh, but what did you want to ask? Oh, I was gonna say, who do you think will have the most character development come season two? Ooh, I don't know. That's that's a great question. I mean, I'm curious because I don't know like what happens like next. Honestly, I really don't know what happens next. Like, um, uh, I don't know the like. I haven't read Fire and Blood fully yet, or like at all. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I know some expert ex- excerpts from the books and like. And you know how that changes because you know I read all the forums after every episode, so <laughs> I, <Yep. laughs> I, I, I got some context. Um, and so I don't really know what's going to you know happen next. I don't know how this conflict plays out. I know that like the Starks play kind of like a bigger role. I think oh. come next season, I think we're gonna see Winterfell again. Um, I think we're gonna hopefully see Storm's End again because that's like the first time we've ever seen Storm's End. Um, yes. So it'd be cool to see it again. And I think we'll also, you know, kind of reignite or reunite with some familiar families. We've already seen the Lannisters uh, in this in this uh, show in the first season. Um, you know, the Hightowers are in the Game of... I mean, at least they're in the books. Same with the Valerians or the Valerions. Uh, but, you know, mm-hmm. Valerians are a much better like much more powerful during house of the dragon so what happened to them i guess we'll see during the dance of the dragons probably not great because they're the other house with dragons as a military power so (laughs) you know (laughs) and all the dragons are dead so i guess we'll see um you know what happens to the valerians you know why are they not a house of significant power in the original game of thrones series um yeah and like the high towers even in this period are still under like the tyrells like there's the tyrells are the more powerful house but like the high towers just happen to be kind of here like you know mm-hmm. as the hand of the king and all that stuff and also Otto is the younger brother of uh, uh of his family so he's not set to inherit you know anything in the high towers and so he's playing his own kind of game to be like well, I have royal blood in a sense. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, so yeah, basically, so his grandson can take the throne yeah. slash Allison's son. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yep. Makes sense. But uh, yeah, so what did you think, Palmer? You you excited for season two? I am. I am. I loved the. It wasn't as much fighting as there. I feel like traditionally is. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited for that to kind of come back around, and I really want to see where some of these storylines go. They've established the base. We know who the characters are, and we have a little bit of context. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the time skips because I hope it kind of levels out a little uh, bit. There shouldn't at- really be any more time skips okay, going perfect, forward. Perfect. Like I don't really think that was more of a setup because uh, there was a lot of debate from what I remember or from what I've heard about where they wanted to start this. George R. R. Martin wanted to start it like even further back he wanted to start it with like king jaharis's like reign um and like kind of talk about what was going on there uh because obviously it led to him having to pick a successor that wasn't like his basically all of his like sons die essentially mm-hmm. um and he has a lot of kids he has like eight kids um God, yeah <laughs> and um so they wanted to start back there, and then there was like debate where they just wanted to start right at the start of Dance of the Dragon, like the war. Um, so they're but like then like people they felt like oh I don't think we're gonna have enough character context like people are just not gonna know the players. So they wanted to start a little bit with King Viserys's reign to kind of understand mm. like how this conflict comes to be. 
No, that makes sense. I thought it was a good touch. I yeah. mean, now I'm invested in a couple of these characters. I am too. I.E. Damon. I'm definitely invested in all these characters. I think I, I want to see how this all plays out. I want to see uh, if I, because in the in the books, I think it's very interesting that the show kind of takes the direction that like Rhaenyra and Allison are like friends and all that stuff. And it's like at the beginning mm-hmm. and then it's kind of like a fractured tragic friendship at the end where like, you know, now they're going to be fighting each other in the books. That's not kind of how it is portrayed in the books. It kind of just says they, you know, didn't really like each other and they don't, oh. uh, you know, they, they, you know, like when, uh, Rhaenyra is giving birth at the end of season one. In the book, she's apparently cursing Allison for days because she's in the book she's like in labor for like three or four days. Um, so like she's like cursing Allison, and uh, in the books, like Allison is also not somebody who is a fan of Rhaenyra. So I am curious to see if their character development is going to start following what the history remembers them as. Like if Allison and okay. Rhaenyra are kind of kind of evolve into being like they hate each other and like it's going to have this kind of like venomous relationship going forward. Ooh, I like that. I like where that's going. Mm-hmm. I like where that. And I think that is kind of what it feels like there, especially if you kill somebody's kid. Like, yeah, I know. I, th- I feel like at that point, happened. like she's, it, she's done playing nice. I think, it's, oh, I think yeah. it's over for Rainier. I think pieces off the table. And I think even yep. like when Eamon goes home and like says <laughs> hello to Allison, like, cause in the books, it, it they make it sound like Eamon did it on purpose. Like in the books, oh. they think like he does it on purpose. So I think Amond is gonna go home and just say, "Yeah, I did it on purpose. I meant to kill Luke," and like, um, I think that's definitely going to cause some issues with his mom because he's, she's gonna be like, "Why the hell did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> like we yeah. were, so, we could have had peace, but now it's full on war." Um, but like, I think he's, I, I think he's gonna come home and say he did it. That's going to be an awkward conversation. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be an awkward conversation. And like, he's going to have to own up to it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he's just like, I think Eamon is not going to show that. Like he's probably going to have like some weird justifiable reason on like, he's going to yep. be like, well, he was a bastard anyway. Like, you know, he's, he's a, he's, he's the bastard of a traitor even worse. Like, mm-hmm. so like, why should he live in a sense? Um, I think that's the direction he's going to go and like kind of own up to it. so it'll be interesting to see how like Kristen cole plays a larger role in this because he's basically like their hound right like the high towers yep. is like yep. feral dog so um, it'll be interesting yeah dude oh, i'm pumped i'm pumped i'm pumped now we're gonna have to wait like two years more than the end. i know <laughs> so people hope you enjoyed this because we'll see you in 2024 yeah we'll see you in 2024 We'll cover this all again. Maybe we'll even do episodic. I was going to say, re- yeah, like, uh, okay, yeah, like a little recap and then episodic. Yeah. Totally do uh, but uh, we'll see when uh, season two comes out. You know, I think hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Agreed. Uh, Before we have kids, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, House of the Dragon season two, it'll probably be out in 2024. We're probably definitely not seeing it in 2020. Hate to hate to think that. Hate to think like that. Yep. <laughs> I think they're still like writing it. Like I don't even think because I don't oh. think it was greenlit. They wanted to wait after like I think they like ordered a second season with after like the first episode, but they still didn't order like two seasons right off the bat. That makes sense. They're playing it safe. And, I mean, they got good numbers. They saw like the finale. I think got like. 10 million people watching it. So Dang, like it, okay. it's getting game of Thrones level numbers. And I think the buzz around the show being a surprise hit, uh, for a lot of people who are like, maybe felt slighted by how game of Thrones ended, you know, coming back and being like, all right, I'm in. Um, cause HBO even reported that people started watching the original series again. Like, oh, so like, okay, it's yeah. kind of bringing people, feel. bringing people back. Nice. Nice. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about for House of the Dragon season one? Man, I could probably talk about it all day. There were so many storylines, but uh, no. Hashtag Team Damon. Um, so who are you rooting hate, for in season Allison. two? You rooting for Rhaenyra and Damon? And uh, I guess I'm in the honestly like with a little edge. I'm I'm all behind Damon and I guess adjacent <laughs> behind Rhaenyra. Yeah. So she has a justification now that they yeah the Greens sons, versus so. the Blacks. They say in the books. So. Let's take them out. Let's take out some greens. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so 
that is uh see how it goes yeah man um yeah i don't really have any yeah there's i feel like we could easily talk about this for like two more hours because there's so many stuff we didn't like go over like it's uh, 10 hours of television there's gonna be stuff that you just can't get to okay Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been the What You Got podcast. We're your hosts, Charlie Bud. Join with me, as always, is Jordan Palmer. You can want, you can listen to our uh, po- uh, podcast every Monday evening wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to drop a follow and uh, follow us on social media. We've been uh, posting on Instagram a little bit more recently, so hit us up there. Uh, Palmer, why don't you let them know we're. You can follow us on Instagram at What You Got Podcast, which is spelled W H A T C H A, or on Twitter at What You Got Cast, which is spelled the same way. Next week, we're off for the holidays. Thanksgiving's coming up. We're going to be taking a little week break. But when we come back, we're going to be covering Black Panther 2. Uh, hold on, I gotta remember what the official title is. Wakanda Forever. Forever. So we're gonna be covering that off once we come back for December 5th. So be sure to tune in then. And until next time.